What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great. Hope you're having a wonderful day. For those of you online, welcome to. We're so glad you're watching on a screen, wherever it is that you are. Man, I hope that you feel God's presence. I hope that you feel the power of the Holy Spirit. I hope that you're excited about what He's doing in your life or that you have this anticipation. I know for us, you know, we're, I'm excited about this being week two of our wisdom series, which we're actually walking through some of the book of Proverbs. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Bible, you can basically take it in and, and, and split it in half and you'll end up somewhere in Psalms or Proverbs that's kind of right in the middle. And so what we've done is we've said, hey, we want you to jump on board and, and read the book of Proverbs over this month. And so whatever the date is, you just simply read that chapter. So, you know, today's uh, September 5th, so you could read chapter 5 today. And, you know, if you miss a day, hey, no big deal. Just jump on the date and the chapter that you are for that day. And so just read along with us and track along. So today I'll be covering a couple of different verses uh, in, in Proverbs 1 through 3. But really, if you understand the background of Proverbs, Solomon was the writer of the majority of the, the, the sayings that are in there, the scripture that we read. And so the thing that was really cool is when Solomon's dad was David, and David was a great king. He was passionate for the Lord. But when Solomon became king, one of the things that he acknowledged, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm a young king. And he asked the Lord for wisdom. He said, I want to be able to rule my people well and rule justly. And so he asked God for wisdom and God gave it to him, which is incredible. And so the reason I share that is we're going to be reading the, the Proverbs and the, and the scripture from a wise king over Israel. In fact, Solomon was declared maybe the wisest king ever of all time. So we get to read what the Holy Spirit inspired him to write down for us to, to grab a hold of. We can apply it in our life. And so I just want to encourage you with that. But before I get rolling in the message, I just want to pause and pray and ask that the Lord would communicate through his word and through me during this time. And so God, we come before you and Father, thank you for this opportunity that you've put in front of us. Uh, Lord, to have a time of worship, to, to be church. Lord, for those of us that don't yet know you, to be in your presence, to experience you, to watch what's going on. Lord, we're inquisitive, we're curious. But Lord, I, I know there's many of us where we're passionate for you and we're longing for you. And so God, as we seek your face, as we open up and dive into your word and your scripture, Lord, would you communicate to us through your scripture? And Father, I ask that you would speak through me. Uh, God, that I would be pure in heart and mind and soul, that I would be able to communicate what you have for us in the here and now, that you would just permeate inside of our soul. And Lord, that you would penetrate inside of our soul, God, and that, that you would just do something amazing in us here and now in this service, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So one of the things that we shared last week is that we kind of adopted a theme verse for this series, you know, with it being wisdom in Proverbs. And it's Proverbs chapter 4, starting in verse 7. It says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing that you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. And so when you read this verse, it's like, hey, Solomon is going, you've got to have wisdom. It's the most important thing. And the thing that is so very cool is, you know, like I said, Solomon asked God for wisdom and God gave it to him. And so for you and I, what that means is when we go before the Lord or when we're looking for advice, we can ask God for it. We can ask for his guidance and he gives it to us. Like he speaks it to us, he communicates it to us. And so the thing that is really interesting is when you, when you understand Solomon and who he was, he wrote down these, all these amazing verses and, and Proverbs, but Solomon had tried so many different things, so many different ways. He had tried to pursue after money 
and become super wealthy. He had pursued after power. He had pursued after with them, so he, after women. And so he tried all these other options and he came to the conclusion where we have this verse. It's like he's saying wisdom is the most important thing that you could pursue after. It's number one. And so if you understand Proverbs, really what it is, it's God is using Solomon to write down all these wise sayings. And the thing that I love about it is, you know how you and I, we walk through our life and we learn a few things. We've had some life experience, we've read some books, we've experienced things. And so we, we wanna, we, sometimes we write that stuff down and we share it with other people. And so basically the purpose of Proverbs is that everything that he ever learned, he wrote down so that we could read. Now, for me, like I, I look at that and I think that's actually really cool. So I have adopted that same mindset. I have a document that I've created and, it, and I simply call it things to teach my sons. Uh, I'm, I'm fortunate to have three amazing sons and I wanna pour into them and I love them. I'm so proud of them. But God has, has shown me a few things. And so I write down stuff that I want them to know. So for, you know, as an example, you know, one of them is Jesus. And I tell them, I'm like, look, you know, dad's a pastor, dad has a calling and I love to do it. I'm passionate about the Lord and my community, but that doesn't mean that you automatically get a relationship with Jesus. You have to have your own. And, and, and I hope that you have that and you experience that. You know, and, and I talk to them about purpose, that their purpose is unique. It's different than mine. It's unique to every single person that, that we know and encounter. And that's amazing how God does that. I talk to them about money. Uh, we talk about finances and re resources and mortgage and debt. We talk about investing. Uh, we, we talk about crypto, you know, we talk about cryptocurrency and, you know, investing in that. Just it's, it's conversation. It's things that we discuss and want to talk about. I want to teach them and show them uh, what it is. We talk about emotions. Uh, how, how, what, what is it like to be a man and to be able to process your emotions in a healthy way? You know, and then certainly I, I discussed with them about leadership. Because I have the personal belief that every single one of us, we have a sphere of influence. And influence is leadership. And so I believe that God has equipped you with the ability to have influence and leadership in your life. And I want my sons to know that as well. And so I want to parent well, and I also want to pastor well. Uh, to be real honest, like I, I love what I do. I know that I'm called to do it. Like I was made for this. And so I, what I'm gonna do is over the course of this message, I'm gonna share a few particular things in my things to share my son, well, things to share with my sons that I want them to know because there's things that I wanna teach you as well. There's things that I want us as a church to know and follow after. And so, cause God does not want us to remain where we are. I hope that you've recognized that. The place where you are, God does not want you to be sedentary and stationary in that spot. He obviously doesn't want us to go backwards. He wants us to move forward. And so I believe that there are some steps that we can take as a result of this message and that God will communicate through his Holy Spirit for you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God can speak to you here and now in your mind and your thoughts, in your heart and your emotions, in your spirit and your soul and who God has made you to be? He wants to communicate through his word to you right now because we know that getting wisdom is important. We want it, we desire it, but how do we get it? And so it actually talks about this in Proverbs 9, 10. Uh, it says that the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. And so we want wisdom. And so it says, hey, you've got to walk in the fear of the Lord. And this isn't being afraid of God. This is acknowledging Him as King, as Lord, and, and, and just standing in awe of Him. 
It's revering him because of his authority and his magnificence as the leader and king and creator. And so when you understand wisdom and Solomon and Proverbs and the fear of the Lord, I believe that there's something for every single one of us. In this message today, here and now in this worship service, God wants to communicate to you. It doesn't matter where you're at. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. Uh, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter if you're an employee or a business owner. It doesn't matter if you're masked or unmasked. Uh, it doesn't matter if, if you're young or old. It doesn't, like all that stuff just doesn't really matter. To me, the most important thing is that we're going after God with where we're at. We're going after Him. We're pursuing after Him. We want to be godly. And so it's that want, it's that desire that reveals my first point. It's that you and I have to recognize our need. We have to say, God, I need you. God, I need wisdom in my life because God is constantly communicating. I absolutely firmly believe that he is constantly speaking. He wants to have this continual conversation with you and I. But the problem is sometimes we're just not listening. We've closed off, we've covered our ears, we've shielded our eyes, and sometimes we've built a wall around our heart and we've pushed him out and we're not open to what he's doing. And so in this Proverbs chapter one, what Solomon does is he actually uses personification in talking about wisdom and referring to it as a person. And so this is what he says in Proverbs chapter one, verse 23. He says, come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you but you paid no attention. And so you understand the two scenarios that are going on here, that, that, that wisdom is saying. And I believe that every single one of us have experienced both of them, right? We are both in, we are, we're in both of these scenarios because there have been times when you have wanted to give advice to somebody that you know, whether it was a friend or they, they were making decisions, maybe it was a family member and you were talking to them, to them about money and investing or real estate, whatever it is. Maybe it was a colleague at work. You're going, I think I figured it out. I think I know what to do. And, and you wanted to share that with him. And certainly as a parent, you wanted to give those, you, like you're wanting to tell them what's going on. Right? We've all experienced that. And then we've also been the other side when there have been other people that have been trying to share things with us and we stick our fingers in our ear and we go, la, 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 la. We pretend that we can't hear them or we shield ourselves from what they're, you know, just seeing them. I can't see you, you know, and we guard ourselves. And so they, they begged for us to listen to them. But we blocked them out and we had no interest in their advice, regardless of maybe even how good it was. We were obstinate to what they were communicating. So one of the things that I feel very fortunate about is in my pastoring role and job and is I, I get this opportunity to counsel people. Uh, where, where we'll meet with, for a counseling session, we'll sit down, talk, whether it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, I, it doesn't really matter. You know, but you know, if somebody's dealing with something, wants you know, to grow or has an idea or something that they're working through, I, I get to sit down and, and chat with them and, and I love that. But there is a general rule with counseling and, and it's that when the counselor is giving counsel and advice, they can't go beyond what the person is willing to do and receive. And so I have to kind of gauge where the person is that, and then I have to be at that same place. 
And so, because if I go above them and I go beyond, then what I'm doing is I'm trying to lift them up. But they have to have the self-awareness and the ability to realize that they need that advice that I'm giving to them. So if I, if I jump ahead and I go too far, then it's actually ineffective. I'm, I'm enabling them to remain there where they are. And I'm, tr- I'm trying to fix them, rescue them, and to correct their issue and problem. And so in counseling, you kind of have to, you have to manage that. Where are they at? What are they willing to do? How far do they want to go? And so I would kind of pose that question to us today because I believe that God gives us counsel, he gives us wisdom. And so what area in your life are you seeking direction? Are you seeking counsel about? And are you willing to do whatever it takes? Are you willing to to go to the length that whatever the Lord says to you, you'll do it no matter what? And so that is sometimes the battle that we experience. Uh, Because we'll say, God, I need you to help me. Would you help me lead my business? Would you help us grow? Help us with our marketing plan. Lord, help us with commissions and salary and payroll. And and, and so God gives you some strategies and some ideas. And are you willing to hear them? Are you willing to do them and follow them? Maybe it's related to your marriage. Maybe God has spoken to you about some particular things in your marriage. How you connect with each other and intimacy and relationship and and what's supposed to be there and the things that can get adjusted and how really we need to deal with ourselves and not worry so much about fixing our spouse. But God has spoken to you on how you can grow and be stretched. Are you willing to hear that and make those adjustments? Because when we recognize our need for counsel and for wisdom, we'll follow it. When we acknowledge we need it, we'll grab a hold of it and say, yes, I will absolutely do that. And so that, that's what's talked about in Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 9. It says this, then you will understand what is right, just and fair, and you will find the right way to go. And so just simply we have to recognize our need for it and that God will communicate to us. Wisdom also helps in this second point, and that's in our relationships. Now, Man, if you, if you look at life and world and social media and friendships and gosh, there is so much stress and strain on relationships everywhere. I mean, like there are issues because, uh, you know, do I get vaccinated? Do I not? Do I wear a mask? Do I not? Like the pandemic has caused so many issues. There's been so much finger pointing. There's been so much placing blame on other people. You know, and so we have to recognize all that stress. You know, we have stress and strain on our friendships. You know, am I, am I aligned with them and what they think and believe? Or, and, and sometimes if we're not, like, we block them and we, and we kick them out. And so I believe we need wisdom regarding our relationships. I think it's so important. And I believe that God wants to communicate to us about that. Because it's incredibly diff- difficult right now. And so we need wisdom And I believe we also need grace. Instead of condemning and judging and being harsh, I believe that we need to give grace on top of grace. You know, for us here at Grace Church, what we understand is we we, we did not deserve to receive God's grace. Like his love and him pouring it out on us. We didn't deserve it. But he gave it to us anyway. And so then as a result of us receiving that gift that he gives, we have this amazing opportunity to give it to other people. And so are you giving grace to those that are around you? Because usually when we understand or talk about wisdom, what happens is we're talking about these big, major, life-altering decisions. 
You know what I'm talking about? It's like, do I buy a house? Do I change jobs? Do I move, move cities? Gotta, with my company, I, I want your wisdom. And those are big, big things. Those are huge. But how often are you and I making life-altering decisions? I mean, how, how many houses did you buy in the last two weeks? Like, how, how many times did you change jobs over the last month? You know, and so we just, so often we're not making these huge life-altering decisions. When we do, we want wisdom, no doubt. But I just, I absolutely believe that we need wisdom in our relationships maybe every single day. And so we have to be able to apply that in our life. And so for me, like in my job, I love that I get to deal with people and, and help them and encourage them. I, I, and, and it's just my whole life is, it, it involves other people. And so usually I'm making like decisions and using wisdom on how I connect with people and how I relate with them and, and, and really how can I either minister them or, or help them to empower them to, for their ministry to advance. And so that, that's part of my calling. And so it talks about this in Proverbs 2 verse 12. It says, wisdom will save you from evil people, from those whose words are twisted. And so if you look at your circle of friends, your sphere of influence, it, it's constantly changing, isn't it? That's one of the things that's reality with our culture and, our, and just our, our nation. We're, so, we are, we're very transient. We really are. People come in and out of our life regularly. And so they'll come in and they'll drift away. And so we should be very intentional on who we allow into, let's call it, you know, our inner circle like those that are tight with us and uh, because they will have a level of influence in our lives. We'll ask them for advice and encouragement. And so, gosh, uh, Jesus did the same thing. You know, Jesus had the 12 disciples, but Bible scholars ha have made it very clear that of those 12, he had three that were kind of, he was closest with. It was Peter, James, and John. You know, th those are the three that he was closest with out of the entire 12. And so when we're talking about wisdom, we need that in our life to come in alignment with the Lord regarding our relationships. And so others should also be in alignment with the Lord. So when we connect with them, we have that, absolutely that thing in common because we're going to have this level of influence with each other. You know, and I, have a, I have a really good friend that, he's a business person. And so he, he runs his business with this same type of model. Uh, what he does is he, he makes kind of these, uh, let's call them very strict rules and understanding on who he brings in as business partners. Because uh, that's one of the things, you know, what, whether it's, you know, aligning yourself with another business or contracts or, or you know, other people that you're going to bring in, at, you know, it, to, to be with you, to be partners. So he, he, re, he sees partnerships just like we see marriage. Because when you read in scripture, you know, marriage, you know, it's supposed to be two people that are joined together, you know, with the Lord and each other individual and connect with him. And so he, he sees business the same way. So he requires them to be Christ followers if he's going to, you know, do these major partnerships with them. Now, he wants to make money. He wants to be successful. But the reason he does that is because he's recognized that there is always a spiritual influence on every single major business decision that he makes. So like we have to have those relationships in our life and they're so important. You know, one of the other things I had in, in my document, things to teach my son uh, that I wrote down, it was, is related to 
relationships and really it's intimacy. And it's, it's also along the lines of sex and lust. You know, so, you know, for, for sometimes for us as men, we struggle with that. And so I want to, I talk to my, my sons about this. And it's a, a crucial area that we need wisdom in our lives to have sexual morality and to, to remain pure. And so continuing in Proverbs chapter 2, it says this in, in verse 16, it says, Wisdom will save you from the immoral woman, from the seductive words of the promiscuous woman. And so when you understand what this is and what this looks like, I mean, sexual immorality has been a major area of temptation and sin forever, ever, for like always and forever, like since the beginning of time, since the creation of man, like, like this has been an area where the devil has brought this onslaught, continual onslaught on people, on marriages, on relationships, and he's constantly trying to lure us it doesn't matter man or, or man or woman, like age. It really doesn't matter because it's enticing. It is. I mean, let's be honest just for a moment. It's enticing. It feels good. It's this fulfillment that we're longing for. And quite honestly, it's fun. Like there's enjoyment with it. And so the appeal is, is real. It's very tangible. And so the, the reality, though, is the enemy is using things to lure and tempt us. And so what he does is he puts those temptations out there and it's just like a lure because it appears real, but it's not. It's a trap that the enemy is putting out there in front of us. And so when you understand the magnitude of what this looks like in our lives, it's pervasive. I mean, gosh, the, the, the statistics are staggering when, when you read year after year that pornography continues to be a multi-billion dollar industry in our nation. You know, and when you, when you talk about sexual immorality and pornography, and <laughs> please understand, this is not fun for me. I, like, I, I don't enjoy this, but it's absolutely necessary because we, we've come to this place where we're talking about wisdom, we're talking about relationships, and unfortunately, in our relationship, relationships, we have these hidden sins. They're, 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 it's like over here, you know, it, it's the things we do on our screens that we don't want anyone else to find out about. But the reality is, is we think it's secret and hidden, but it's affecting everything. It's affecting every single part of our lives, every single relationship, especially our marriages for those that were, that were married. And so please do me a favor. I realize that this is pretty poignant, you know, a, a spot in the, in the message where it's like, oh man, you know, and, and it'd be easy for you just to tune out. Please do me a favor, don't do that because I'm actually praying and believing that God would do something amazing because I know the reality that there's a number of us that struggle with this. And, and so we've got to hear from the Lord. We've got to have wisdom. We have to be able to apply this in our life. So maybe just maybe God wants to speak to you regarding this particular area. Because I believe that things can turn around. I believe that there can be a change, that there can be restoration, and that we can have wisdom and purity in our life. Because being sexually immoral, what happens is it leads to divorce inside of marriages. It's proven that it causes depression inside of people. And it is a potential addiction that people get their lives wrapped up in. It's one of the most searched for things on the internet. And there are even companies that 
they target kids. They target children, 10, 11, 12-year-olds that have access on the internet because what they're trying to do is, you know, to get them wrapped up in this type of lifestyle because it can become an addiction and that becomes a repeat customer. And they're targeting kids. And so we have to understand how important this is and how, how pervasive it is. And, and so the sin of pornography will bring destruction in our lives and it will destroy so many areas, maybe every area of our life, starting with your marriage, because what happens is it objectifies the other gender. And, and, and it puts them in this place where, where it's devaluing for them as a human being that's made in God's image. And so unfortunately, if we've been exposed to this, we realize it's a secret sin and it affects our other relationships because we start comparing this secret screen sin with our public relationships, our marriages, relationships. Because So we start imposing these things on those around us and those we're connected with. Let, let me show you how. I'm, I'm gonna use the example of uh, of a car show. You know, it may, maybe you've been to a car show before. If you haven't, you know what they are, right? They're, they're all these different cars. So it's, it's maybe sports cars or muscle cars or cars with a lot of bass. And they're all, you know, in a parking lot all lined up. They pop up their hoods or trunks. You know, you got, they got their rims and stuff. And it's super cool, a lot of fun to experience. But what happens is, you know, we go to those car shows and we walk down the line and we see this car and that color and that thing. Oh, wow, I like that interior. And so we're basing our decision on liking that car on a glimpse. We're looking at it. It's just a visual thing. We're noting, noticing it. But then what we do is we see that car, and what do we do? We go, man, it would be awesome to drive that car. Man, it would be so cool if that car was mine. I would love to have a truck like that. That would be so amazing. And so what we start doing is we take that car at the car show and we compare it to ours and we go, I'd rather have that one because mine's not so great because I got to drive it every day and I know the things that are wrong with it and it's not perfect. But what happens is that's totally unrealistic. And that's exactly what that industry does. They glamorize and they use videos to, and, and to, for, with women and men and sex, making it seem like it's all amazing and perfect, but they're actors and there's editing. And you and I look at it with a glimpse and we start comparing our relationship and our intimacy and our marriage. And it affects us greatly because we want our spouse to live up to that standard. And that's not who they are. And it's destroying us on the inside. It's this constant battle though, isn't it? Because quite honestly, God is the one that gave us a sex drive. He is. He's the one that put it inside of us. And so we have to recognize that and recognize the reality that that, that drive is meant to be enjoyed inside of the context of marriage. Marriage in a monogamous relationship between a man and a woman. And, but the reality is, is when you look at that and you understand that, the enemy seeks to attack that time after time. And he's going after it in, a, in intense ways and he always has. And I got news for you, he's not gonna stop. It's going to continue. And so I just, I wanna share just openly, please understand there is no judgment, you know, from, from me or from us, you know, and, uh, uh, staff and pastors of this church. Like, please know that we, we want to, 
to recognize, well, we want you to recognize that you might need help. And so if that's the case, we want to come alongside and help you in any way that we can. Because we've had an awesome opportunity to help a number of different people in incredible ways. And God is always faithful and he's always amazing and he brings restoration and he brings forgiveness. And so we want to have and to help you have that wisdom in your life so you can set up some boundaries and have some discipline so that we can remain sexually pure in our relationships. Because that's wise. That's what Solomon's talking about. And we all want wisdom. And we need it in every area of our life. And so we realize that wisdom is shown. It's revealed by our life, by, the, by our decisions. It's, it's given to us by walking in the fear of the Lord. But there's a final key element that's really important in us obtaining this wisdom. And it's my third and final point for this message. And it's that we trust in the Lord. We should trust God's wisdom. I believe that we should. I hope that you do as well. Because when you look at God and who he is and you understand his nature, he's perfect in every way. He knows our yesterday and our tomorrow. He's so powerful and strong. In fact, there's nothing that he can't do. He's unlimited in every way. And on top of that... He wants the very best for you and I in our entire life. He wants the best for us. And so if we're trying to be self-reliant and, and rely on our own power and our own ability, what happens is we end up frustrated and unable to do that because we can't and we will be frustrated because it's our own human nature that we're trying to do that and it's our own humanness that, that is limited. But when we rely on the Lord and we seek after Him and we trust in Him with everything that we have, I think things turn around and they change because God has made us to be reliant upon him. He designed us that way. So if we're willing to trust in him more and more, I believe that we'll experience that amazing relationship with him. And I feel like we'll walk differently. I feel like we'll have wisdom in our life and it will be shown. And then trusting him when he tells us to do certain things, we will. When we have uncertainty and we look to him, and, he, and, he, and, and you go, I don't know how this is going to work out. But God, I know you're faithful. I know that you're strong. I know that you can. And I choose to trust you. Though despite what I see doesn't really line up with what I hope is going to happen, I'll trust you. And so I believe that trusting in the Lord is a huge aspect for us to have wisdom. And so what I want to do is I want every single one of us to have this type of trust, to have this type of wisdom that I believe is, is divine in nature. And we can have this intimacy with the Lord in a powerful way. And so what I'm gonna do in, in just a moment, I'm gonna ask every single one of us to stand up and we're gonna read two verses together. It's actually in Proverbs chapter three, verse five. We'll, we'll read them all together. And so what I want you to do is I want you to take these as your own. I want you to make these your own declaration, because it's possible that you've heard these verses before. Maybe they're even some of your, your most favorite verses, I don't know, but today's a day where we can have wisdom. Today's a day where we can apply wisdom in our life, in our businesses, in our relationships. And I want us to trust God and who He is that we would gain His wisdom. So let's make this our declaration. If you guys could do me a favor, go ahead and stand up. 
here in the auditorium. For those of you that are watching online, this verse will be on the screen for you. I want you just to read it out loud. Say it. Make this your own. Ready? One, two, three. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. And so please remain standing because we can adopt this and we're gonna close in a time of worship and a song and it's gonna be powerful. It's gonna be amazing. But before we do that, I want to pray. I wanna pray over you. I wanna pray a pastoral blessing of trust and faith and believing in Him. And then just so you're aware, I'll be up here at the front. If you wanna come up for prayer during this song or at the end of the service, I'll be wearing my mask and I would welcome you to come just to receive some prayer. And I realize I talked about some sensitive things, some sensitive topics, but please understand, I'll pray for you for anything. So whether it's your marriage or you need healing or your finances or your business, uh, some relationship you have, you know, I'd be happy to pray for you for anything. Uh, but I will be up here, you know, to pray with you specifically about a specific need uh, if you need it. But right now, let's pray together. And so, God, we come before you. Father, thank you for your power. Thank you for your authority. Lord, thank you for the sensitivity that you have towards us. Lord, you realize that we've got issues. We've got problems. And so, Father, right now, we just, we just want to admit it. Uh, Lord, we need you. God, we're so sorry for the things that we've done. God, sometimes we just, we do foolish things. And we wish we didn't. And so God, right now, would you bring forgiveness and cleansing in our life? But Lord, we we also want wisdom. Would you help us to walk in the fear of you? Would you help us to, to know you more, to know you better so that your wisdom would be part of our life? Lord, even that your nature would become our own and that we wouldn't have to seek after wisdom, but that we would already have it. Lord, would you be so generous in giving us that type of wisdom. And Father, I also wanna pray just a prayer of, of forgiveness and cleansing, Lord, for, for so many of us where we struggle with areas of, of immorality and sexual immorality. And Lord, we do need forgiveness, but Lord, I thank you that you are a forgiving God. You're loving. Lord, you don't scorn us or you don't push us away. There's no condemnation, but Lord, you actually draw us back in. And so Lord, we want to come back in your presence. Would you help us to change our ways? Would you help us to have wisdom and to be to remain sexually pure in our lives for your glory and for your honor. Lord, we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.